I appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. This is Jay Bliss, and I have another dope guest on this week, man. Um, this comedian I've known uh, of uh, since I started comedy in 2005, uh, ran across his CD uh, very early on, which was titled My First CD, which was clever as hell and funny in itself. Uh, Kevin Bozeman. Kevin Bozeman is in the building, man. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. What's happening? What's cracking? I can't call it, man. Um, like I said, I, I, I listened to your CD uh, early on in my comedy career, and I instantly became a fan because I was like, yo, this dude is different. Like, you sounded different than most comedians I heard. And it was like the topic, the topics were all over the place. So it was just like, yo, this dude talk about everything. Like, this dude, you know, he was just like all over the place. I think one of yeah. the first jokes I think I heard that just stuck out to me was the Tourette's one. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. like, he was like, yo, that's that's pretty. You, you called the dude Toretti. I said, yo, that is so funny. Like <laughs> I was like, it's like already uncomfortable. Number one, and, you know, yeah. and then, like then you go further and, and get to do the nickname. And even on the album, I don't think the audience gave enough credit to the cleverness of the part at the end of that joke. Because I'm like, why didn't I laugh harder at that? You know, right, right, right. We laugh at what we think is funny. Um, but what it reminds me of uh, when when I see you do comedy or the style of comedy that you do. Uh, and I learned over the years is you're going to touch in somebody's wheelhouse with every joke and, and everybody's not going to like that joke. You know, everybody's not going to uh, like that joke. You, you can't, you can't perform, but, and think everybody's going to like you. You, you ever, you ever get like a, if you ever get a standing ovation, believe me, there's somebody standing and they don't want to stand. <laughs> and somebody like now nah, i gotta stand for this bullshit i gotta stand for this i hated this uh, and i gotta stand so i don't look all weird but like no you can't it's a, if it's 200 300 people in the room you you better believe 300 people don't love you no matter how hard you kill there's somebody in the audience that's like he was all right 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 and it's, it's, right. It's, it's funny um because we recognize that person immediately um, it reminds me of a <laughs> reminds me of a time that I actually came out to see you in Charlotte. I was in town. I did some guest spots, and it was me, you. I think Burpee was hosting, and yeah. um, John Chris was your feature. John Chris was my feature. Right. Yeah, the <laughs> infamous John Chris. <laughs> That's crazy too. I, I I ran into him in Tennessee like a week before that whole thing dropped. I was like, Yo, what's going on? Well, I'll talk. That's another podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I um, mean that was that was an amazing lineup. That was it was basically shock full of headliners. Right, and it was funny because I remember that show specifically. There was a dude that was sitting center stage, about four rows back, and he had his arms folded, arm folded posture for like the the like majority of the show. And you stopped in the middle of your set and said, "Sir, you've been staring at me for like the whole show," and I don't like the energy. <laughs> like, y'all just had yeah, this yeah, staring yeah, yeah. contest. He's like, I got all night. We can sit here all night if you want. It was like, yeah, dude, you I, would I'll, not budge. <laughs> I'll stop a show if I have to. Like, it's just, you know, it's all in the entertainment. You got to be, you got to be comfortable with silence. You got to be comfortable with, uh, you got to be comfortable with uh, making people uncomfortable yeah. if you have to, to show you got to show the audience that you the boss. Absolutely. If they if they smell that you that they can they can join in with you. It's a wrap, son. 
It right. is a wrap. You always got to show that you in control. Even when people are heckling and shit, you, you got to let people know, I am allowing you to heckle. Right. So you stay in your lane. I might right. have fun with you, but stay in your lane. And right. then as soon as they try to make it they show, you got to shut them down, dog. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, a hard thing to, to, to kind of navigate through stand-up, but that's the beauty of it. Right. And I think it's a, it's a, a creative balance between like the silence is something that I am comfortable with now. Like I can literally stand on stage for a whole minute and not say nothing and just let the crowd deal with the silence. Like I'm like, I'm well, why, well, why are you going a whole minute without saying? <laughs> because it's try? like, um, it's like, <laughs> why, uh, are you t- why are you torturing them though? <laughs> I, I did a, I did a joke one time or I did a, this was something that, that I, I did, um, and it was funny. It was a creative thing that I did. It wasn't a minute, but you know what I'm saying. But yeah, right. I did a joke, and the joke was so offsetting. Like my friend texted me something, and it was so raw. I was like, "Yo, what the hell are you talking about?" He's like, "Yo, you should say that on stage." I go, "Dude, I can't say that on stage." And then he goes, "You're a comedian. You should be able to figure it out." And I called him. I said, "Yo, there's only one way I can say this on stage. I got a pre. I got a." like basically prepare them that it's going to be the, the most wildest thing they ever heard in their life and let them know what is about to come. You know what I mean? And I said, and yeah. then, and then they had the silence and then hit them with it. And I do it. Like I do it with my jokes. Now I do this joke and I say, uh, I can go worse if you guys want me to, but we'll keep it at that level. Cause you guys, you guys understood that joke and it was a little uncomfortable. And then somebody always yells out, go worse. Right. And I go, Sir, what's your name? Or ma'am, what's your name? They say their name. I go, all right. The next thing that came in my mouth is this person's fault. I don't want anybody else to take the blame for it. They said go worse, so it's that person's fault. I yeah. take a drink of my water, and I wait for like 15 seconds. <laughs> and then I just drop it. And the yeah. whole, whole room go upside down. They're like, wait a minute. I go, yeah, <laughs> that's his fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so... That's like a, a silence thing because like, yeah, if you can get a if you can get a joke off and, and put the blame on somebody else, you can always yeah do it. Absolutely, absolutely, man. It's a it's a it's a great thing. Um, I like I said, I like seeing you work. Uh, I, I I um I was in town another time when you did the twenty six acres uh, gig. Um, and that was it was another beasting lineup on that one because I think Mike Spienberg went up right before you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Spienberg and, is a beast too. Yeah, and then you went up there and killed it for like an hour, and I was like, yo, this dude is murdering these people up in this darn uh brewery if you build it they will come like nobody, yeah 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 <laughs> like nobody would ever show up it, right by itself yeah, right. it's in a like back in the office park and like you never know what a bar a brewery was back there or whatever but that was dope man i uh like i said it, the comedy is great um your last album uh was this your third or fourth album uh so i had my first cd Dropping knowledge, right? Life coach, and then my last one's two parent love. Two parent love. So that's the fourth one, which was uh, amazing. What you did with the promotion, and I actually stole your idea <laughs> when I saw yeah. you do the cartoon. Yeah. For the joke with the two parent love, I was yeah. Like, I gotta, I gotta do that. Like I gotta do that, and uh, I was able to come across an artist, a dope artist that was able right. to draw out and, and animate one of my jokes. And I use that as promotion for my when my first album came. Oh, definitely, man. Like, that's that's the way to go, dog. Whatever, yeah. whatever it takes to sell. Like I, I'm sure I wasn't the first one one to do it, but right. but it's just 
you know, and, and somebody saw me do it and that's great. Like I don't I don't own that. I want I want all of us to all of our albums to be successful. But yeah, that, that two pair love, like that was yeah, I think that was closer to uh the 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 style of comic that I've been working for. Like to me my first C D like I look at it now and some of the stuff I wouldn't I wouldn't do again. Right, right. But it's but it's but you can see like there's a couple of bits in there that starts to show who I'm who I wanna become. Right. And then the second one is like a little bit more. And the third one, it's like, all right, you right. And then this this last one I felt like, yep, that's that's exactly who I am. Yeah, like the, the and I thought it was, everything is, is exactly I thought it was right. great. I thought uh, I thought it was great. The two parent love was a great one. The dry bar was was a huge success. Um, but it was like when dry bar came, it was like you was like kind of reintroducing yourself to people. Like people were like, "Man, you heard about Kevin Bozeman?" I'm like, dude, man, I've been to about Kevin Bozeman. You, <laughs> you, know like, like, you, know you know, like my friends hit me up talking about, "Yo, you got to see this comedian." I'm like, dude, if you name somebody that I know, I'm gonna punch you dead in your throat. You know what I mean? It's like. It's funny. It's funny um, when you when you see that because like you you kind of go through the same thing I'm going through. Like you know you're 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 on the road. You're a parent. You're dealing with your kids. But the the, yeah. the, the joke in itself about not practicing in basketball it hit home for me because you know right. I, have, I have twin girls and they play basketball. So it was like I was laughing and I played the joke for them, and then they were just kind of like. Yeah, dad. Like, because I'm divorced, so they they look at right, me. Right, 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 right. I go, no, that's not why I left. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you guys are not gonna be in the NBA, so chill out. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. WNBA, but it's like it's so that's a great it's a great joke. Um, and then uh, when you do the joke about um, Santa Claus, and your kids find out about Santa Claus, um, my kids found out about Santa Claus this year. Like they found out. <laughs> They found out at 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I'm mad it's taking that long. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's a slippery slope. People be taking it so personal, too. They be like, why are you lying to your kids? Shut up. <laughs> it's just like, if you, those people that say that, would be like, um, if you have a, a a surprise party for somebody, and then you're like, we going here, but really it's you going somewhere else to do something else. You lying to them, but you 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 cool with a surprise party, but it's the same concept, dude. Right. You're just trying to get them excited. Like right. I don't know how many people at 30, 35 years old, it's just like, you know, my life, as soon as I found out Santa wasn't real, I couldn't trust nobody. <laughs> I couldn't trust nobody, son. Like it was like for then on I had my guards up because uh that that Santa shit, dude, I never recovered. Like <laughs> You can admit, like I can understand like if you cannot if it's something that you can't recover from then it's a discussion you should have but right. everybody gets over the fact that Santa ain't real especially right. when you find out that everybody knows like went through the whole thing right and that's that's crazy you know somebody says to me why are you lying to your kids like well my parents lied to me like but it yeah. made a better childhood for me like my anticipation I, of Christmas right. was 10 times better because of of me trying to be good or me wondering if Santa was going to give me what I put on my list. Like, you know, when I found out it wasn't no Santa Claus, it wasn't no big old disappointment. I almost figured it out when I was like seven and my mom re-upped the ante 
she re-upped the ante and she? did something to make me be like, oh, shit, it is real. Like, <laughs> she was, like, double down on it. Like, yeah, me and my twin sister was in the, in the kitchen, and there were a group of teenagers at the end of the block, maybe 15 or 16 of them. So my mom come running in the kitchen, like, y'all, hurry up. Y'all going to miss it. And we ran out the house, went all the way down to the end of the block, and the kids on the end of the block looking up in the sky, pointing like y'all just missed them. <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? They're like, yeah, he was just here. So I got to you. I was seven. I was like seven or eight, and I kept telling my mom, I don't think he real. Like, I was using oh, the logic, God. and my mom doubled down. So I had to go from eight to about about 12 till I like realized it really wasn't real. Cause right. people were telling me like, no, it ain't real. Like, nah, dude, he was just on the corner the other day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for real, son. Uh, so so it, it's like, you know, and, and it's funny, like my kids, when they found out, they cornered my ex-wife. They're like, um, is Santa real? And she texted me, she's like, your kids. And I was in the Bahamas at the time doing this gig. So she texted me like, yo, your kids was on to us. Like they, they, they think it's like, so we got on FaceTime. We all sitting there talking and my kids are staring at me on the screen. And I was like, do you think Wait. he real or not? Wait, so you, so you, not only does your kids, not only are you divorced, mm-hmm. but your kids find out that Santa ain't real, but you in the Bahamas too? And you got to, right. oh Jesus, <laughs> you a monster. Right. You a monster, so, dude. So, <laughs> you know, Bahamas wearing a, it wasn't wearing a vacation like, shirt, drinking a Mai Tai, and right, you right. like, look, man, gigs right. up. Uh, <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> that's so, living a great life, so I don't know what you want me to tell you. Tell so real. I, I asked them, I said, oh, what do you think? What do you think? Is it you think it's real? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, so all the Google and all the research you guys can find, you guys never typed in whether Santa Claus is real or not? And they're like, so... Like, one of my daughters is like, you know, she was like, well, she was like, well, why'd you lie about it? I was like, well, did it make Christmas better? And she was like, yeah, it kind of did. So I was like, all right, so now that, and so this was a real conversation. I say, so now that you know that Santa's not real, the Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, all that shit is fake. And my other daughter was like, wait, the Easter Bunny's not real? And I was like, yo, I was like, no. I said, out of all the shit that ain't real, you think that's real? And she was like, I'm just saying, I thought that was like likely. I was like, come on. So it was just like that whole whole situation was. Um, yeah, man, that, that's just, it's just a simple rule. When you can't afford their Christmas list, that's when you tell them. <laughs> that's just the rule. That's just a that's basic a great, rule of thumb. Like, that's, that's, a great, that's a great joke, bro. That is that a ain't, great yeah. joke. And and um, I'm just talking about what hit home for me from your material. Yeah. The other one, the other one, and this is the last one I'm going to say, and then we can talk about the other stuff, is the peanut butter and jelly joke. And which is son asking for a peanut butter jelly sandwich with no jelly. And you go, no, that's not, that's, that's, that's the, that's the foundation of a, a solid relationship. Yeah. And if you aren't one who believes in solid relationships, you're not going to pick up your kids on the weekends. You're supposed to have them. And I was like, dude, I like, I lost it. Like, like I lost it. Cause I was like, if you not divorced, you don't understand that right. joke as well as I do. Like, <laughs> I just thought it's it was for the, it's for the, that so joke is for the people that went through it. That was so so uncomfortable, but so real. And I'm laughing so hard at it. And I was like, oh, it's like one of those things. I, like I said, I shared 
shared that joke with my ex-wife, and she's just like, oh, that, uh. I was like, yeah, you were like, that's yeah, great. Right. That's a great material. That's great material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You, I just feel like the best, for me, the best comedy is just speaking from a place of truth. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's some comics that's great at just being absurd, you know, talking about, and they, they actually, Chappelle is, is, is a master of that, and I mean, you could listen to to Chappelle, and you could hear me, hear Chappelle and me the whole time. He's like, the dude is amazing, but he does, uh, he speaks from a place of truth, and then he he makes it absurd. Like he'll start with like this happened and it's real, but then he take makes it absurd, which makes it really funny. But I generally just make it truth and just stay in that truth lane. Yeah, and that's why it's you know that's. It's just speaking from things I've experienced and things that I've witnessed, and then I'm just able to make make light of it. But right, you know those. Yeah. I'm I like I got I got uh, I'm the youngest of ten, so I've seen I've seen some some foul relationships growing up. Like you know, it just <laughs> and it's just like oh Jesus Christ, man, this ain't this ain't yeah, healthy, Mama. This don't seem right. So I so you it. was a, so you was an uncle at what four? <laughs> like, yo, I got yeah, man, I got some uh I got some some grown ass nephews and nieces, that's for sure. I'm in the same boat. Um I'm I'm the I'm the, I'm the youngest son of of five, but my, my siblings are way older than me. Like my oldest brother and sister was 17, 16 and 17 years older than me. So that's where I'm at now, because I got a two-year-old. Oh my god, bro. You got yo yo. <laughs> I cannot imagine having no more kids right now. Man, I nicknamed them New Material. <laughs> I mean, you have a two year old, bro. Yeah, man, seventeen, fifteen, and two. Woo! My, my old listen, man. My oldest, he's senior in high school. He's six foot seven. Man, and yeah. you said AAU basketball. Yeah, man. I tell him, right. He's like, he's telling me he don't, he don't know if he want to play basketball. I was like, you ain't got that option, Holmes. Yeah. I go, you not, you don't chase your dreams till you done chasing my dreams. <laughs> when I'm done with you, then you can go live your life. But right now, you are chasing my dreams. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way. That's a good way to look at it. Um, and so, it's seventeen, fifteen, and two. And then, like yeah, I man. said, like it was dope. Like my brother, my brother just celebrated his birthday yesterday, and I was basically explaining to people, like on post that I put up, the dude was sixteen years older than me. I remember him leaving the house when I was little. I wouldn't go to sleep that night. My mom was like, "Why are you not going to bed?" Like I just knew something was different. I knew he was leaving for good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I remember him coming back home. I would just be on edge, man. I used to sit there and wait by the door till he got up out of the bed. Just wait, really? And all I did, all was waiting for him to say was, "You, you want? Do you want to go with me?" Like I was just waiting for him to just say, "Can you yeah. go with me?" And I yeah, man, it's like it's like with him. it's like he's it's like my son's got uh, my little one's got four parents now. Yeah, Cause, cause, yeah. you know they all they are older and just like uh, you know they're not just big brothers. I mean they're so much right. older than him. They're, they're almost parent like you know they're changing diapers and everything so right right i have even though i came home yesterday i was like 
He's like, uh, Marcus got a messy diet. It's like, did you change it? He's like, nah. My, my other one was like, nah, I knew that's something you probably wanted to do. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good what are you talking about? Got <laughs> shit in his diaper, man. Change his diaper, you idiot. <laughs> that's, what, that's something you would want to do. Nah, I feel like that's just something you probably want to do. <laughs> so, so, it's all, so it's all boys? Yeah, man. All right. Well, let me tell you, uh, girl, little girls change the game. Like, they, they, I know. they literally change the game. And I, uh, I tell most people that have boys after they have girls or if they have girls after they have boys, they'll realize how, how much more intelligent little girls are. <laughs> You'd be like, I was you wasn't doing this till you was eight. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would have been cool with having this one be a girl because she would have had two older older brothers. brothers. Yeah. But then when again, because didn't find out the sex of any of them until till they were born, my kids. Oh, okay. Until they were born. But if they were, uh, but as they got close, I was like, nah, I just want a boy. Because it's just, dude, you got you to gotta parent so much, so much harder than, than I do. Yeah. Your parenting is way, is way more protective mm-hmm. than what I got to do. And I got to yeah. be super protective. And I got to teach, I got to teach my kids to make sure that you don't come after my kids. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a, the game I gotta have. I gotta game. make sure you don't want to make Jay Bliss come after you. Get like those. That's the what I gotta teach them. Yeah, you gotta teach you. You gotta be. You gotta. You like a. You like the NBA. You a protective bubble right now. You gotta be shielding them all the time. I, all the, yeah, all the time. It just constantly in their ear and, and conversations about um, who they are, what they are, and having confidence in themselves. Like. Um, and, and sensitivity is always, it's like, I can say something and they'll be like, you mean, I'll be like, <laughs> like I'm not mean. I'm just speaking the truth. Like if you yeah. can't take the truth, why are we having this conversation? You know what I mean? You want me to lie to you? You know? So, you know, yeah, that's how this whole generation that was uh, sensitive now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was talking about virtual schooling on an episode before this, talking about how difficult it is for the kids, um, in the, in the, just imagine the kids that are going through virtual school that don't have a proper learning environment. So yeah. they're in school on Zoom, going through class, and grandma's in the background watching Young and the Restless with the TV loud, or, mm-hmm. or the, grease, the grease crackling with that, that catfish in it. <laughs> right. I right. know, man. Right. So that, that's, that's where I feel like some kids are just set up for failure in some of these situations. And if, if we had it back in the day when we were in school, we would just have tons of worksheets that we get mailed to the house. Mm-hmm. We had a the, whole bunch of worksheets. Complete worksheets this. Mail them joints back in. Like, yep. <laughs> like yep. That's exactly my right. My dog ate it. Yo, that would be like, <laughs> that'd be That's like, exactly oh, right. <laughs> so, I, remember, I remember when, uh, when my family, uh, ordered those Funk and Wagnall encyclopedia sets. Mm. And it was just like, yo. And then my mother was like, y'all better make sure y'all ain't never missing a homework assignment. Like, that. Funk and Wagnalls don't teach you math, mama? What's wrong with you, right? It really didn't. We had the periodicals. We had the the information that we had to get. I remember explaining my kids microfish. Explaining to them, like, what the microfish machine was in the library. And us having to go through old newspapers and find the information, yeah, and write it down because it wasn't a copier. You had to write down the important information from the newspaper article that you found from twenty years ago, yeah, 
and do your book report. And they were like, that's so much work. I'm like, yeah. Like, and so I don't understand why I was taking you an hour and a half to do one assignment on your um, Chromebook. Like, I know, right? All the information right there on Google. All right there. But it's just like, (laughs) they just don't know any, just like we didn't when the things that we had was considered huge technology to our parents and they couldn't understand the shit. But it's just, it's like, I don't care how long it takes them to get it done, as long as they get it done. Yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I don't, you don't see or hear from me until I get that that report card and, and then I see the grades and then if you killing it then I I stay out of your way right but when you but when you trip up then that's when I just that's when I start tightening up the nuts and bolts right right that's just the way it is like I give them leeway like like to start a school year and then I'll be like man this don't seem right because I just because I came in one time and uh the first week of e-learning and I just was checked in on my son I knock on the door at at noon and he I open up, he playing Call of Duty with his friends. I'm like, man, this is e-learning, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I had a, a hour break. And I was like, all right. And I closed the door. I was just like, when that report card come, if it, if it ain't right. Hour break different. I'm taking that video game from me. He's like, all right, cool. And he said, all right, cool. So he sounded like he had everything under control. So I let that first semester, I parent very loosely, but then if it's if they tripping, then I'll I'll tighten up the screws. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. That's a good way to go on a responsibility. Um, my kids are potting with uh, two other little girls, and they all meet at my my girl my, my daughter's house. They all are together in the uh, little learning area, four different desks, all got their laptops out, and they're all learning together so that they still have some type of social interaction. Um, and I was like, y'all spoiled. I was like, because I would have been like, yo, you in your room, you in your room, go learn. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, man. It's just, they don't, they don't have that attention span anymore. Mm -mm. Like every, like, I don't even have the attention span I used to. Like, I'm always grabbing for my phone for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to just sit there in silence and just sit there with your thoughts you always got to be grabbing shit so they don't have the attention span like that anymore so they they need some sort of a stimulation so yeah, yeah man it's a different game man it's so are you are, are you so are you are you on the road are you off the road like what's going on like are you- ah man i'm like you know what i am i'm like the the video game you know the video game where you try to select the player and the dude is just kind of hovering before you select them he's just toggling around like that's me right now i'm just hovering i i don't i'm not uh really on the road i've done some road gigs i've probably Mm. done one club yeah since march yeah before i dog i had never gone two weeks i've been doing stand-up 20 years i've never gone two weeks without doing live shows and i've done one club and then i probably did like two or three small little venues i probably i went to the laugh factory in chicago this Mm -hmm. weekend Mm -hmm. and you know but i those are just 10 15 minute sets like i haven't been able to stretch out my hour set in a minute honestly i don't man that's an hour seemed like a long time now it does man i i did four show i did four shows in june and i shut it down i said i can't i can't do it i cannot do it like and it wasn't that I couldn't do the material. It was, I didn't feel comfortable, man. It was like the people laughing at me 
and they had no mask yeah. on. I'm like, yo, y'all all bringing this this way. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, I brought my own mic. I had changed the mic out. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I woke up the next morning like, <laughs> like right. did, did I catch I'm it? Always. I, I was nervous, man. I just didn't feel comfortable. And I pray for all the people that's out there still doing gigs because I like, yo, man, I pray that you don't get this virus. Like, I don't, because I don't know what this virus means. I know, man, it, what it means to each individual person. Each individual for person. some people, it might be, you know, just a bad day or two. And other right. people, they could, like, like people I talked to, I was talking to a comic who's, who, who got it. Um, mm-hmm. Funny dude, Chicago. And mm-hmm. he had, he had it. His uh, kid had some medical problems and I think the kid got it from the hospital, gave mm-hmm. it to him and his wife. And he was like, man, he's the thing that people don't tell you. It's like, after it's over with, he's like, you still ain't right. Oh. He told me, he's like, dude, he's like, I still ain't a hundred percent and that shit was four or five months ago he's like yeah. he still ain't right even those professional athletes like rudy gobert for the jazz he's like yo man i still ain't right the dude for the white Sox had it and he's like yo man i still ain't right and these are professional athletes and athletes, their lungs right. are in the best of shape and they still like yo man this ain't yeah. so i don't i smoke cigars i don't want that shit and I, I do. I smoke cigars too, and like and I ain't about to give it up. What's that spot that used to be in in Charlotte? That was uh, it was like a wine place, and then right next you could get cigars. It was like in a little, little nice little area where there's like they had all those condos. It's probably like fifteen minutes from uh, from downtown. From the zone, no, from the, from zone. the zone. It was probably fifteen minutes. It was like Jade oh. Scott wine, something like that. You saw burners, a nice burners, or let me see. Nice now, so this was before they had closed, and I, I don't know. They, they got a nice cigar place out there now. Oh man, they got tons of them. Listen, they building they used two, to. They building two new ones downtown. They building a a, a whiskey bar down on South Boulevard. Oh, they building man. a cigar lounge right above uh, the Blumenthal. As a building, like right next door, they're building right now. They got Taylor Smoke down at the Epicenter. They got a uh, Gold Leaf, which is um, in Lake Norman. They got Burners, which is in Huntersville. They got tons of spots, and I had just found Gold Leaf. Before this pandemic, and, and and spent my fifty dollar membership fee. They do live. <laughs> they do live bands on Friday nights. Uh so when I so when I come there, you can take me there. Oh, if I, I'm in town, I ain't about, to get, no, town, I ain't about have, to get no membership fee. Yeah, if I don't have a gig, man, I mean, I'll yeah, I remember, man, I remember all y'all cats, man. Y'all was the scene was getting strong. It was you and and burpee and ryan mm-hmm. davis and y'all yeah. was all in, in the in the back uh checking yeah. me out man Check me out. yeah we, I was... we we bring it up because i remember because i remember i remember when we saw the advertisement i'm like yo kevin both look up there like yeah like ah i gotta be here for that and then like we were just talking it up and i'm like yo you heard it and we were just talking about like what we appreciated the, the people that were at the crowd didn't understand they were like I've never heard. Of. I'm like, dude, come back to this show. Like, come to this show. You're gonna be entertained. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. Just- I I built up a nice. Look, like, I haven't been there in a minute, but I had built up a nice little following there because uh, 
my guy Brendan Haywood came with his yeah. wife, and then the next time I came, he came with his boys. Yeah, he's like, "Yo, man, every time you come through, I'm coming through." Cause you, yeah, he's like he's just he's like you just be talking about shit that nobody else be talking about. Absolutely, I, it's, I it's mean, one of those things where you just it's if you if you want to introduce your, if you want to introduce somebody to somebody that they don't know, it's like you. This might be humbling for you, but your name that I bring up. Because someone goes, name me a comedian I might not know about. I go, Kevin Bozeman. Go listen to Kevin Bozeman. And they'll be like, all right. And they'll come chat. They'll pick me up like, yo, this dude funniest. And I go, yo, I'm telling you, just, just listen to his albums or go look at these clips or look at his dry bar or whatever it is. And it's just, I have, I, I take the dry bar. I take my dry bar in November. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, right, what you, what you think? How did, how'd you I like liked it? it. I did. I really did. I liked it. I felt like um, I hope I, I'm waiting for it to come out. But um, we only did 25 minutes, I think. Yeah, they cut it down because they found out that people, you know, because for those of your listeners out there, Dry Bar is uh, it's uh, it's you. It's I tell people it's it's whatever you think clean is. It's got to be cleaner than that. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> right. So all the things you think is clean. Cause you ain't got no swear words and stuff ain't necessarily clean to them. So when they came to me to do it, I, I mean, I took all the, cause I did like season two and I took the, I took all of their rules. I was like, yeah, I know the rules. And I pushed the shit out of those envelopes. <laughs> I leaned on them. And I'm telling you, they told me this is, I just heard this from like, um, from people, they was just like, when when they first when you first did it, the, the producers and stuff hated you. They hated you. <laughs> and everybody was like, now nah, we gotta push this through. And now nowadays like now they're looking for more edgier right. clean comics and stuff. And they actually use one of my bits before I don't know if they still did it, but they used one of my bits to show the comics about like this is how you talk about something you without, shouldn't be talking about it. Right, without right, saying right, it. Right, right. And and I was just like, yeah, man. But uh, it was it's just fun. It's just it's just good to show people that you know, like you can you can navigate all sorts of rooms because that made doing dry bar got me so much work. Word, dude. I got dude. Like I was getting calls from church conferences. Churches like come, will you come in and. And and be the host of our church conference, and I'd be like, yeah, but twenty thousand dollars. Whenever there's a, whenever, it's the rule. Here's the game. I don't say no to any shows. Right. But when I do say yes, when what I do do is shows I don't want to do. I just charge way more. Right than I normally would charge. <laughs> right, right. And right. so if they say yes, then it's like, oh, cool. I guess I better write some church jokes. Right, right. But I'm expecting them, oh, yeah, we'll get back to you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I get. Right, right. That's, 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 but I'm not doing it. That's a great way to look at it because, I mean, there's tons of shows. And I say no. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. I don't want to do no, that. You I, I, I don't say no to <laughs> any show. I What I do is I just charge way more than I would charge. And that's how you don't say no to any shows. Just charge more because just charge there's, more. there's a price. There is, is, there is a price that you would do almost any show. You just got to hit the right yeah, amount. So say, say something astronomical. Yeah. Like why, why? You ain't going to do the show anyway. So you might as well 
say something astronomical in hopes that they'll, and maybe they might shock you. I've a couple of times I've been, they've been like, yeah, we'll do it. I was like, what? Oh, all right. <laughs> this is about to be a shit show, but I'll, I'm about to give hey. And it's just, but I've opened, like, it's opened up so many, so many doors mm-hmm. for doing it. And it was just like, just showing, you know, because I don't, I tell people, like, you know, there's comics that write clean, and there's comics yeah. that it's always dirty. Yeah. My rule is uh, I try to write funny. Absolutely. So when you write funny, sometimes, your jokes are going to be dirty and sometimes they're clean. It just, so, cause you're writing funny, like everything in your life ain't dirty. Everything in your life ain't clean, but the things is funny you write about. And so when I did dry bar, I just took all the clean jokes I have accumulated in my career and then put it together. And that's why I was able to do that, to do that hour. And then a lot of times these jokes, got swear words but they're not important like it's just like some of my jokes got swear words because it's just the way i talk just the way you talk right Right. it's just the way i talk i'm in my natural voice i'll be like shit well you know and i'm saying that but it's but if you want me to work clean i could take out those words because they're not they're not the punchline if it ain't the punchline then i don't or in the setup it's just me talking and saying i just take those words out right and then and it's it's good i can you know I um I when I did drive bar it was two two mistakes I made. Uh, <laughs> one taping the first taping I said swear to God and I forgot I couldn't say swear to God, but I was weird it was weird to me because I've never said swear to God in that joke before. I think it, was, it makes you over yeah God. it makes you overthink right right, right. so I, I didn't get it and then I didn't get a reaction I wanted on the first joke and then the second show. I didn't say swear to God, but I slipped in and said shit at another joke. <laughs> but the first yeah. the first recording was perfect. So I was like, I, and I wrote all those notes down. Like, yo, first show, I said swear right. to God doing this joke. Second show, I said shit by accident. But when I said shit, that I caught myself, but the crowd loved it. Like, the crowd, like, ate it up. And right. I was like, y'all bad. Like, y'all, y'all not. Yeah, y'all yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Y'all, yeah, y'all, right. not, y'all not. I was right. like, y'all not more at all. Everybody started busting out laughing. Right. Like, <laughs> when, so, I did, I, when I did that joke about my uh, uh, son jerking off, because, you know, Mormons, that's like forbidden. Right, right. And they do it. And I was just like, look, man, y'all can't, y'all can't shut down. Because I'm always yelling at the crowd when they, I like, you can't pick and choose what you're offended by. Right. Either you're offended by all of it or none of it. I'm trying to remember if I did the gay joke there. I think I did. Like I think I might have. I don't know. That's no, that's I, fine with them. I know because <laughs> but I do a joke and I'm trying to remember. It's been so long now. I don't even know what I did on Dry Bar. Like it's like I, I do a joke where I talk about finding out my best one of my good friends was gay. And then um, you know, we go through this whole thing about him getting missing and nobody could find him, and then find out he was married, and then we find out he was married to a dude. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And I was like, look, man, just because you going to hell don't mean we can't be friends for the rest of our lives. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, it's like laughing or whatever. And it's like, yeah. it's so uncomfortable like, when I say it. Like, people don't know if they laughing at the religion part or the gay part or whatever. Right. And then I'm, I'm putting it on them. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Thanks for all the Christians yeah, for laughing it. at right. or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. But yeah, it's, it's navigating, man. So yeah, that's exciting, man. I hope it, it it come out and they drop it because they for whatever reason they just have a process where 
sometimes they they put them out and sometimes they just don't put them out ever they got it they got it's two guys that i know did the end of season five that their specials didn't come out yet and i take at the very i take to the very beginning of season six yeah man but they they just don't you know like i didn't even know when mine was coming out all of a sudden I woke up one day and then just a whole, like a, just a grip of messages and all sorts of social media. I was like, what is this all about? And my special, they didn't even tell me, Hey man, we about to drop your special. You might want to promote it. It just came. I just had a whole bunch of messages. I was like, what? I I guess it's out. That's (laughs) dope. I I probably need to need to check my Twitter because my Twitter is off the chain. Like I might be saying some ignorant things. Like this ain't the same dude. This can't be the same dude. Oh God, dude! I've (laughs) I've lost so many. I tell people, I like, look, man, if you a fan of me, go to my 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 uh, (laughs) fan page. But if you if you're a fan of me and you try to be my friend on Facebook, you're gonna find out that I'm gonna talk about some stuff that uh, (laughs) you don't wanna. You you're not gonna like because it's a whole lot of. Yeah, it's a whole lot of Trump fans in them dry bars, and I I be at, I I met all of them, dude. I I'm, I'm at wit's end, dog. I'm at yeah. wit's end. If you if you gonna talk politics to me, I, I'll talk politics and respect. My only rule is I no longer accept people saying stupid shit to me. Right. They right. just they just lying to themselves. That's all it is, and I just I call them on all of it. So mm-hmm. you can you can have you can tell me. How awful the Democratic Party is, which I agree. I think the Democratic Party is trash, but it ain't this dude. It, it that's the that's the thing. It's the difference between a party and a person, right? And who you got representing your party right now ain't who it need to be, and it ain't even who you wanted. So don't act like this dude is righteous and you believe every single thing that this dude is following. I told my kid, I told my children, uh, it's a balance. Here it is: you either good or you evil. They, they ain't no, it ain't no in between. Well, I would so, like to be in that because I'm somewhere in between that. Well, here's the thing: when I say, <laughs> when I say, when I say evil, when I say evil, when when I say evil, I'm talking about someone who overlooks discrimination. If you can blind, if you can just straight look, overlook discrimination, and straight up be like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's evil, man. Like, don't yeah, act sure. like you don't see what's going on. And yeah, then just sure. because you know it doesn't impact you, you ignore it. And it's easy for me to do. I can do the same thing. I yeah. told this to a good friend of mine who was talking. We were going back and forth. And I told him when the, when the shooting happened in Las Vegas, the guy in the hotel room was shooting the people uh, down in the audience uh, at their concert. And I was like, man, that was terrible. He goes, yeah, man, that was unreal. I said, but I, did, I didn't feel anything for it. I was like, mm, that's fucked up. And I kept, I went on about my life. I said, I didn't think about it twice the next day. I was like, you know why? I said, because nobody in that audience looked like me. And it, it didn't impact me. It wasn't a direct result of anything that I felt any pain for. I was like, and that's the same way you feel when you see a black dude get killed by a police officer. It's just like, mm, that's messed up. And you keep on going about your life. Right. I was like, but I said, but if it was, all black people was an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert or Frankie Bell and Maze, and that dude was up there just shooting people, I'd be mad as hell. Right. And so I said, that's why I, I know how easy it is for you to ignore what's going on. But when you keep seeing the same thing happen and then you still ignore it, that's when I say you evil. Yeah, man. I mean, look. Yeah. This shit is, uh, 
we black people got seven pandemics we working through right now. <laughs> we work <laughs> we working through the COVID. We working through the police pandemic. We working mm-hmm. through the black on black crime pandemic. We working through equal opportunity pandemic. We got every we got pandemics. We circled. Yeah. Around pandemics. Yeah. yeah. It's, like we got so many pandemics we navigating. So yeah, equal pay. Yeah, um, dude. Right. <laughs> real right. estate, real estate fraud, like all kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. We 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 circled with pandemics. So man, I that's mean, the game, baby. It is. Got to navigate. It Come is. On top. So when you, <laughs> so I I know that um you do or did colleges quite a bit. Yeah. Did you, did you get to a point where you enjoyed that or did you just never like, oh, I hated it? Never. Yeah. I wouldn't say I hated it. Right. I just don't, you know, here's the thing about colleges. Like you get, you generally get older, but they stay the same age. Absolutely. And it's not like I mean, when you do colleges, it's not like you get the, the juniors and the seniors and the grad students. You got the people that's on campus. So it's literally the fresh out of high school students. So you got the 18 to 19 year olds. Right. And you sitting there trying to tell these people jokes and you just, you have to, you know, you got to change up so much. Right. But that college money is legit, son. I did. Listen, I, last, I did. <laughs> I did in the last, before this year, before 2020 and this evilness. I would say 2018, 2019, I did at least 60 colleges. Woo! I did wow. at least 60 colleges for 2018 and 2019. I just did the math. That's a lot of money, bro. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad living. But not. those colleges, like, you know, you're not growing as a comedian. Mm-hmm. No. You no, know? but sometimes you just got to, you got to, you got to money grab to be able to sustain for what you want to do. I look at it as like maybe a step below, not not below, but yeah, above like the cruise. Like you can get lost. Like you can literally yeah. get lost and lose. I your, did lose your. Place I did one car. cruise ship. Just I wanted to do one. I did one cruise ship my entire career. One. It, how'd you get? That, how'd you get? A, how'd you get on just one? I I did one. There was uh I did it in January. I did the Soul Train cruise. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like you got on with Carnival or somebody and you only did one show with them. No, that was it. I did I did Soul Train Cruise and I did, did that was it. I went there. I didn't even come back. I was like, I just want to do this. <laughs> see what it's like. And I, plus I want to do the Soul Train Cruise. And I was just, it was fun because they had like all them old time. I was just like, yo, man, it's great to be with all these Soul Train legends. Most because I thought most of them was dead. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know some of these cats are still alive and I get to perform with them. This oh, is a man. double win. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> they dope. had uh like war. Remember that song Cisco oh, yeah. Kid? Like that shit dropped in that that came out in, in 72. Shit. <laughs> like, and that dude was there killing it. They was killing it. And I was like, all right. Well, that's almost 50 years ago, bro. Like- yeah, man. Yeah, man. So they had some old groups there, but it was, uh, it was fun, man. I got to do it, but 
I mean, I'm not a cruise ship actor. Dude. I was waiting for them to have a helicopter to take me off the ship as soon as I say <laughs> yeah. something wrong. Yeah. I um, yeah. <clears throat> I got to the point where, you know, it was hard for me to kind of get gigs. And I was, I was full-time. Like, I had left my job, and I was doing this full-time. So I was doing between colleges and clubs. And I was like, man, I need some other income. And I, I had reached out to try to find out about getting on the cruises. But then I was like, I ain't gonna be able to get back in the clubs if I go up on this damn boat. You, know you just I mean? gotta, you gotta pick and choose, man. It's a, uh, like it's a nice little income. There's so many comics, you know. Like mm-hmm. you ever watch? I'm a big nerd. You ever watch um, um, Lord of the Rings? You Absolutely. see Lord of the Rings? Yeah. At the very end, like when they don't die, they kind of go off to the sea and they they sail off. That's how uh-huh. it is with. Stand-up comics. You don't actually... <laughs> we don't actually retire. We just kind of go off to sea and do cruise ships and shit. <laughs> well, I call I call it being lost at sea. Um, like, because somebody will bring up a name, and I go, oh! And I go, yeah! And they go, yeah, I saw him on a cruise. And I go, well, he's still doing comedy? You know, and that's yeah, like... Right. That's where you... That's when you really feel like the person is lost. But, them, but them, them checks be nice. Them checks be real nice. I mean, so if you've done everything you can do stand up, you, you do those ships. I don't like, I just not like, I wasn't feeling the food. I was taking, I was taking the most weird shits I've ever taken. <laughs> I mean, it was not, it was, it was, man, it was like Dairy Queen soft serve every time, dog. I, I never, was, I never, I never did comedy, but I went on one cruise in my life. Um, and it was, uh, it was when I was married and we had both never been on cruise before, but we decided if we're going to go, we're going to do a four day, three night and we're going to get the most expensive room we can get just in case we hate the cruise we at least we just stay in our room you know what yeah. i'm saying <laughs> so yeah we, Wait, what you think would you like it it was dope it was dope you guys I mean, go we, we went to bahamas and it was port always the bahamas with you yeah that was but see, hold up when i told you i was in the bahamas that was the very first time that i did the comedy zone gig at the bahamas so it was that club that the comedy zone books down at the bahamas at the um at that resort and you stay there for two weeks. And and every every year they would ask me yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I yeah. couldn't do it because I was either working my normal job yeah. or timing was messed up. But let me tell you something. I don't want to be down there for no two weeks again. Like, I, was like I did not want to be down that joint, man. And oh, it was good, expensive man. as hell. I was like, oh hell no, man. You come out with you come out with a net loss. Well, I didn't because I was I was headlining, but I but I figured it out. I was like, nah, this is what I'm gonna do. Like I was buying like a fruit salad. I would buy like one fruit salad and I would I would eat that like two I would split it in a half, eat like two times a day. And I would just eat dinner and that was it. But I spent more money on smoking cigars than I did anything else I was down there. Like that was I know, right? smoking cigars. I know. What's your what's your favorite cigar? My go to cigar um is a Liga Provider number nine. Um one that I enjoy smoking just normally, just like a re- everyday cigar for me, is a Tabac Especial, the Negra. Yeah. Um, and then um, I'm on these CAO sessions right now. Yeah. Okay. CAO session, they, the, the, the garage. That one, it, it, that's a very strong cigar for me, and I love it. Um, but I like, I like a lot of different cigars, man. I mean, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I've been I, doing I, the Fuente short stories. I, I dig them. Yeah. I dig them. Yeah, I dig them, but I I I really enjoy good smoke. I 
man, I'm getting almost to like, I be, because it used to be one cigar and I was good, but now I'm like, man, I go for the second cigar now. I could do two in a day. You know, I do, it, it I depends do, on I did three one time and I was, I was shot though. About to fall out, right? I did, yeah. I, it depends on my social setting. Like before this pandemic, like I might be sitting out, it was a place I would go to, um, the sports bar around the corner from where I live. And um, on Thursday night football, we would just go out to the patio. They had the heaters out, and they would open up the the, the, the windows. Yeah. And everybody would sit out in the patio. And I could sit out there and smoke three as long as I had something to eat. And, and your boy, like Your boy Jordan does six a day. Oh, no, nah, I couldn't do Michael, that. Michael Jordan does six a day. No, dude. I could not do that. <laughs> That's crazy, I couldn't do six cigars right? a day. I mean, I, I've, done, I've done one early in the morning with coffee, like the little dog walker, like the nubs. Yeah, I've done, I've done one of those, and then I've done one in the afternoon. You know what I mean? But I don't think I could do six a day. Nah, I, I don't think I could do six a day. I but know, I mean, it, like I said, it depends on the setting. But a good smoke for me, man. I mean, it relaxes me, like to no other. And I started smoking them in um 2011. Okay. And um, when I would go on the road, what I realized is, you know, comedians chopping it up after shows, they go to bars. They go to bars, they start ordering drinks, they start drinking, you spending money. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, this is spending, this is cost too much money. And I'm not a drinker, number one, but I still don't want to spend a whole bunch of money. Oh, just I'm to a, have to spend time. That's you got to buy a minimum of three drinks just to that's be where you and I, That's where you and I differ. I'm right. a drinker. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but I will do, because I like chopping it up with comedians, I will bring a stick and I will get a drink. And by the time I finish that stick and that one drink, I feel just as good as everybody else does. Yeah, right. I spent less money. Yeah, for sure. That's what. That's how I look at it because it takes forty-five minutes to an hour to smoke a stick anyway. Yep, it should. So, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. that's where that's where I, that's where my balance is. But when you come to Charlotte, we gonna we gonna hit up some spots. Like we definitely gonna hit up some spots. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to get back. <laughs> we gonna definitely if it, hit up. if it, if there's ever. If the game changes back, I don't know. I don't know the whole the new I game, know. man. I think I think online shows are here to stay. I'm I'm. My idea was this: if they came up with a, a green screen, right, where you could virtually stand there in front of a crowd and hear that reaction, I think it might work better than the Zoom thing or like what they're doing because when i get on zoom calls and and they, they want you to do comedy i just tell stories like i don't tell jokes i see i i tell i tell jokes i tell jokes and this i this is what i also do i make them i make them turn their, their sound off so i don't even hear laughter but i but what i don't also hear i don't hear dogs barking i don't hear drinks filling i don't hear people yelling i try to watch the comedy show y'all <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> Like I don't hear any of that, but a couple of times, man, these monsters have, I've done private shows, corporate shows, and not only was I not able to hear them, I wasn't even able to see them. So it was just me talking into a blank screen and I was there like 25 minutes of just telling jokes and not being able to hear or see shit. And I was just like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, I don't give a shit. Here's my jokes, dog. I talk to yeah. myself anyway, so I don't care. That's crazy. Yeah, that man. is crazy. <laughs> so when you, <laughs> all right. So let me see. We we getting close to the time. I don't want to go over on time. Um, when I what I like to do on this podcast, and I do like before we even get any further, I do appreciate the time that you was able to come on here and spend this time with me, man. Because not everybody 
likes doing podcasts. But the fact that I hit you up, you was like, yo, I'm down. I was like, great. This is yeah, man. dope, man. So I appreciate that. What I like to do uh, on this podcast is if you ever watched um, James Lipton and the Actors Guild Studio, he likes to shoot questions at the, at the guests. Yeah. They have to answer those questions. I remixed a little bit. So I'm going to hit you with some of those questions. Okay, cool. First question is, what's your favorite word? My favorite word. Oh, man, my favorite word. Let me think about what I've been saying. Uh, my, I can tell you my least favorite word is whimsical. <laughs> that was the second question, but go ahead. The whimsical is the least favorite word. Least favorite word is whimsical. whimsical. I just, it just don't, like, they be, people be forcing it in the conversation. I'm like, man, I don't even fit. <laughs> Dude, that's, even that fit. is hilarious, man. <laughs> my least favorite word is whimsical. My favorite, the word that I use, uh, uh, Probably a double word, a little something, something, a little something, something. This is the word. Okay. Right, right, right. Because I, I gamble, I gamble a lot, but I don't like people to know oh, okay. how much I gamble. So I'm always like, I put a little something, something on it. I put a little something, something on it. And then oh, that's funny. I, I always use it just to make it like a base term, just to throw people off at just how much gambling I do. <laughs> uh, how'd you do? I did, I did, I won a little something, something. I lost speaking a little of, something, Speaking something. of gambling, um, were you talking about like table games or you talking about like sport betting? All of it. All of it. Okay. I, um, I like craps. I do. Craps is fun. And I tell people, um, you will enjoy craps if you realize you can cover yourself a lot better than any other betting <laughs> thing there else out there you can cover yourself to not lose as much money as you think you can yeah but it's a still a slow burn you can just you can, it's a slow burn but if you with gambling especially with with like craps and stuff mm. you, what you try to do is just get that one hot roll find yeah. somebody that might hold the dice 10 15 minutes and then bounce yeah because <laughs> yeah. yeah. eventually that 7-Eleven is going to get you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I, I told people all the time, I said, look, man, your money just sit out there on that table for about three rolls. Dude, mm -hmm. you better cover yourself. Go ahead. Just go ahead and cover your bet. Get your money back and then start over. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I said, one time I was playing, I had $1,200 out on the table. My man was rolling and that joint went three times with nothing happening. I was like, all right, this dude ain't going to hit his number. I was like, you know what? I took another 1200 and I put it back on the table on those opposite sides of my bet. And it, it hit. Like, he basically hit and crapped out. But I had covered my bet, so I actually got my money back. So I ended up right. with the 1200 I put out. And they was like, so what do you do now? I was like, well, I'll start back over. I was like, but I, w I didn't lose that whole 1200 You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so my boy was I like, like I like to buy I like to buy fours and tens because they got the best odds. And for some fours reason, tens, yeah. For some I, reason, I'd be rolling the shit out of fours and tens. I like, I like, I like, I like hard eight. I, I don't know why. I always bet on the hard eight. Right. And um, I bet on like ten and ten and twelve. I those high numbers. Like I keep because when I yeah. see a high number on the dice, I'm like hell yeah. Like I already know. Like I never look for low numbers. You know what I'm saying? I always look for the high numbers. But if somebody Rolls a six, I might bet the hard six. I barely. Uh, well, I'm barely always, I'm always, I'm always six and eight, six and eight. Six and I eight. mean, I, when I'm rolling and the dice are hot, I put, and people are hot, I got every number. I got four through tens covered. 
Yeah. But I put the most money on fours and tens because it's got the biggest payout. Biggest like, payout. Yeah. All right, man. Listen, look, we're gonna have to shoot. I'm gonna have to hit you up. We're gonna have to go to the casino and we're gonna have to <laughs> go to the Yeah, man. I'm a you hanging out with me. I'm a I'm a I'm gonna take up your whole day. <laughs> just a whole bunch of shit that we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> All right, so um I have a phrase that I use on stages behind me is TTBS. TTBS basically stands for that's that bullshit. Anything and everything you have absolutely no control over in your life. That's what that's that bullshit is. So, and in so many words, what's that's that bullshit to you? Uh, right now, anything, any justification of Trump. Yeah. That, that, I, like, like, that's where I'm at, man. I'm at ground zero there, babe. Yeah. I, like, ain't nothing, ain't nothing more important than that. Than, I am, than people I am justifying. And then especially, yeah. especially, especially black people, the Candace Owens of the world, man. I am um, unapologetically black. Uh, my blackness is not here to make you comfortable for anybody. I felt like this once the pandemic started. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, not no more. At the George Floyd, I was like, not anymore. Like, I'm not here to make you comfortable. Yeah. If you want to have that conversation, we're going to have it. We're going to have it the way I want to have it. I'm not, I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. I'm going to speak straight facts. And if you're offended, don't have that conversation with me. Yeah. You know what I mean, for sure. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like at my, you know, my kids got practices or whatever. I'm standing around with my Black Lives Matter shirt on and I dare somebody to come up and say something to me. Like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Like, well, you, don't you, see, but you see what's behind me. Matter. You see what's I hanging see, up behind me. Kaepernick. And that's my, that's my frat brother, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> like, like, like Colin Kaepernick, like that, like that's a perfect example. Like for somebody that still has an attitude about that to me, I'm like, dude, what are you not going to argue with me? Cause yeah. first of all, you just refuse to even understand. So why, why do we need to talk? Right. You, know what I'm saying? you live by what you live by. And I explained, I explained it to somebody on Facebook that was arguing with a point to me on my post. I said, you're going to live and you're going to die with your convictions. I was like, but think about the consequences that you're causing your children and their children for you not acting properly about the situation now. Like, what if I told you it was going to impact your kids and their kids because of the stance you're taking right now? Would you change the way you thought? I said, because you're on the wrong side. I said, whether you want to believe it or not. And then like, he was like, don't talk about my kids. I'm like, all right, I won't. I won't talk about your kids. I was like, but when I tell you the truth, when I tell you that it will impact your kids later in life, you're going to feel bad about it. Yeah. You don't do anything about it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just that simple. Like another comedian put a thing said, I hate all these Trump supporters. He's like, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the day 15 years from now when they push in their their black grandchildren around in Walmart. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny as hell. Like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Tariq and Shaquana, come back here. Like, yeah, lo, like, yo, you, like you all for all lives matter. Right. You know what I mean? So that's uh the other, the other question is the opposite of that's that bullshit. What is the shit to you? Oh man. Uh, Running into people, I always tell people that the key to happiness is loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And people that just, you know, the people that really going to be all right are people that just love themselves. So I'm, the shit to me is just being around people that's comfortable in their own skin. Dope, dope. If, if uh, I had to introduce you to the world and no one knew who you were, and I was saying, hey, y'all, this is Kevin Bozeman, what's your walk-on music? Ooh. 
I've been going through phases. Sometimes I've been going up. I've been going up on. You ever heard Thundercat? Them changes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is uh, uh, is is great. Um, man, that's a great question because I I probably know the answer to that because I've gone through things where I'm like, play this. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess public enemy fight the power is the easiest. Right. It's the easiest one. Right, right. But uh, probably, if I had to say, I would say Triumph, Wu-Tang. You the second person on this podcast that says Triumph of Wu-Tang, Clay, yo. Really? <laughs> yeah. I would say Triumph, Wu-Tang. Yeah. Yes, my joy. Hey, listen, that, that right there, I, I'm just saying um, Triumph. Expect the next verse. Oh my God, that first verse is just so yeah, amazing. Yeah, man. That and you know what else is actually a, a really close second that it, it doesn't get any love What's is that? Um, "Bring It On" by Ghetto Boys. Um, Ghetto Boys, uh, quietly. If you're not from Houston, a lot of people don't understand how dope they are as a group and how dope Scarface is. Like, like I'm right. like you go you that whole catalog in itself. I'm just like, yo, man. It's just a whole different world. But I didn't find out about the Ghetto Boys until I got to college. Yeah, man. Well, if you if you want that, if you want just one where they just all flowing. Yeah. And and I'm talking about this was out. This was out in the nineties and I still be pumping this. Bring it on is is fantastic. Okay. So bring right. it on and triumph is and probably triumph. is probably the two. If I had and to, what's, if, your, yeah. what's your walk off music at the end of everything? Oh, uh, uh, probably. Um, I wouldn't mind going off to Prince. It's gonna be a beautiful night from the Door album. There you, yeah, and you know it's funny. It's like uh, Prince fans. If you're a Prince fan. Then you a catalog fan. Like you got you got songs that people ain't never heard of before that you mm-hmm. put in that pocket. Like boom. Mm-hmm. Like when did he do this? But like you don't know nothing about this? You know, it's like it's like that whole mm-hmm. that whole situation. Probably yeah. my if I probably could n- name five of my favorite Prince songs, this songs ain't never got any radio play. Radio play. play, yeah. So if you if you can think of any other profession that you can do other than your own, what would it be? Oh uh, man, it's easily I would be uh uh, like have my own sports radio show. Yeah, and uh, yeah, quick quick props to you. Um, I do listen to Ball Hub. Um, you know, I know yeah. you slowed down a little bit, but the picture itself for the podcast is funny as hell to me. Like, I'm like, this dude is wilding out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the eye socks and everything, and the tight shorts. Yeah, right. I like your I like your your back and forth about your your ideas or your opinions on sports, which is dope. Cause not every, I mean, everybody can talk sports. You know what I mean? I'm the dude that argues with people in the, in the sports bar and talk trash to people and stuff like that. I had a Redskins fan mad at me one day. Cause he was like, <laughs> he's like, y'all only got one Super Bowl." I'm like, yeah, y'all only got one. He's like, we got three. I'm like, yeah. Asterisk shortened seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I said, two of them came in short season. Everybody was like, Oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, he was like, no, nah, I was only one. I was like, dude, go Google that shit. I was like, there's an asterisk. I was like, y'all ain't played 16 games that season. Everybody was wilding out, man. They was like, yo. And I was like, yeah. you're thinking this whole process about talking shit to an Eagles fan. You know what I mean? Like, that whole, that whole thing. So, 
That's um, that's yeah, dope. Man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a highly opinionated dude. So that's dope, man. Be, would probably yeah. be, it's probably in my wheelhouse. What I know the most, but other than that, shit, man, I'm. Whatever it is, man. Whatever it is, I do. I, I'm, I'm not doing anything just that I gotta wake up for and mentally prepare. Right, right. To do it's got to be. I so off the top of my head be sports but whatever it is i would probably be bouncing from job to job till i found something that i like because when i'm if it's something i don't like i'm poor at it i know that about myself like i can't yeah. fake it i can't be good at something just to earn a paycheck i got it like i gotta enjoy right i gotta be enjoy happy about getting do. up and doing yeah, yeah I, man, like otherwise. i said that's why a lot of people envy comedians or they they're impressed by the fact that we're doing what we love to do um, yeah and then, like I said, comedy is a gift. A lot of people don't realize that it's actually a gift to be able to stand on stage and express your thoughts and have strangers laugh at you. You know what yeah. I mean? And, um, you know, I appreciate everybody that has that gift. And I love uh, talking to the people that do what we do and, uh, and be able to chop it up with you. Real quick, before we end this, because you yeah. brought up Public Enemy, I had a debate with another person on my podcast. We actually did a series that was live online and we debated the biggest era in hip-hop i was on the side of 1988 he was on the side of 1993 what's your opinion man i know it's i know it's crazy but i think around 88 that's when will smith parents just don't understand Yep. I that think was, that came uh, out in 87, right? Or 87. He's the, he's the DJ. Yep. And, and that was uh, obviously walked this way. Aerosmith run DMC was, was groundbreaking and making that yeah. mainstream. Mm -hmm. But Will Smith, 88. But then Public Enemy. That was 88. And then NWA was coming out onto the scene. Yep. But that's that's all great. But then that early nineties, that ninety three was that's Wu Tang came so out. So it it just depends Nas on came out. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on like those dudes took it took took it to a different level. Right. But groundbreaking, it's eighty eight. Right. But what I'm, what's gonna probably be more on my listen to right now, mm -hmm. 93. 93. So yeah. I don't know if I, I probably taking a halfway answer, but I, you know, I'm older, yeah. so I'm gonna go 88. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go 88. But like, it was a I, good debate. I mean, it was a good could, debate. Could, we were going could, song for song. Yeah, we were going song for song. You could go 90. You could go 93 and have a hell of an argument. Absolutely. You can't. It's just like. You know, what's the better draft class in the NBA? You go 96 right. or the 84 one. Right. 96 is just loaded. You know, yeah. you had Kobe, you had Ray, you had yeah. Iverson, you Iverson, had yeah. Stephon Marbury. It was loaded. But 84 had Olajuwon, Jordan, Stockton, and Barkley. Like, yeah. if you in a lottery, you're going to – you're going to want to have, you'll take your chance to be like, oh, I can get Jordan, then yeah, I'll take 84. And then right. Elijah is my second, yeah, I'll be all right. 
but 96 was just so deep. Yep. So it's just really no, it just depends on how you process it. That's a good argument too. That's a good argument to have uh, in, in general. Somebody was, and this might be something you want to bring up on your podcast too. Somebody was arguing with me who the best dunker was in the NBA. We were out smoking cigars and everybody was yelling and I was yelling loud as everybody else, man, Vince Carter. Ain't nobody touching Vince Carter. And he's like, yeah, that's what everybody always say, right? And I was like, yeah, Vince Carter, like, easy. He goes, you ever watch Sean Kemp dunk? And I was right. like, yeah. He goes, but all his stuff is in the game. And I was like, he's like, look at Vince Carter's highlights. He's like, it's always nobody by him. He was like, except for the one in the Olympics. I was like, yeah. He's like, Sean Kemp dumped on people. And I was like, Sean Kemp oh, dunked on people. Nah, like, it's, if, you, if you look at it like that, then it's, 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 Kemp. it's Kemp and Dominique. Right, 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 right. Dominique right. used to, Dominique used to jump and put you on his hip and right. then hit, take the bump and then cock it back and then dunk. Right. That's like his basic dunk. Right. Like, I'm going to jump. You're going to jump. I'm going to wait for you to hit me. And then I'm going to bring the ball back and then I'm going to dunk it. Like that's right. like a basic Dominique dunk. Right. And Sean Kemp, you know, before, uh, he fucking ate his way out of the league. He used to, he used to, <laughs> he used to crush people's spirits. Right. Yeah, right. Right. He used to crush people's spirits. Right. But uh, Pippen used to do that too. Pippen did do that. Like, well, this is funny, but I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it that way till that dude said that. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I, like <laughs> and I looked at Sean Kemp's highlight, like, this dude dunks on people. Like, I've, he didn't have breakaways by himself. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I was like, yeah, this dude lame. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Man, hey, appreciate the time, man. No problem, man. Thank you. All right, peace. Deuces. All right.